And we welcome you to Good Grief, the monthly podcast presented by O'Connell Funeral Homes at O'ConnellFuneralHomes.com, along with Mike O'Connell and Pete Wagner. Mike, thanks for joining me once again today. Good morning, As, Mr. Pete. I, I've never been happier. The sun's out. We talked about that in our previous podcast. The more the sun is out, the better I'm doing. So, And the bigger the smile. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to dive into something today about death and how it affects your financial stability. And dealing with the death of a loved one is stressful enough, as we know, uh, but not knowing what to do with someone's finances after the person has passed away poses as an, uh, an additional burden on a grieving family that if it's sudden, you don't know. And we kind of talked about that in pre-planning a couple of shows ago. And and I'm sure some of this plays into it a little bit. It's it's sad when you sit around a table with a family that's grieving and a lot comes out of the table and you find out that nothing was ever discussed about their finances. That happens on a regular basis, but the problem that it can be is that people have to go through inheritance tax or estate tax, and most parents would want to give most of their assets, if not all of them, to their kids so they have a better life, that type of mentality, but when a lot of it goes to the government, uh, it's just a sad sight. What is really intriguing to me through this, and I've enjoyed our journey together doing these podcasts, are... You know, you you think of funeral home cremation services as brick and mortar. Okay, we got to come in, we got to do our thing. Let's go. We're in, we're out. But what I think some people who have experienced your uh, work and the things you do is this goes beyond uh, just the the funeral itself. We're talking about financial. We're talking about self care. We're talking about um, setting yourself and your family up for the best possible steps in a natural progression in life that isn't necessarily the easiest to deal with. And I, I just wanted to point that out, that um, I am thoroughly impressed with the way you approach business and the way things work here. When when we have that family sit around and we talk about the funeral and such, um, you see their white of their eyes get real big when I look at the surviving spouse and I change the topic to, we need to talk about you now a little bit and your estate, and hopefully you have or will be meeting an attorney to talk about your assets. So uh, we don't have conversations that are are saddened because they're giving their finances to the government, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but too much might be. Uh, so you have to take care of, of, of your family, yourself, and your things, obviously, right? So what do we need to know as we dive into financial stability and death and how all this works? The key is going to be to surround yourself with people you trust. Others can see vulnerability. So make sure that the people helping have the right motives and they don't have personal gain as their their top agenda. It's important to, uh, you know, I think it's easy for us to trust as human beings, but you have to trust and consult the right people. And who are they? Well, I always get nervous. Um... You know, people will say, well, I know a guy. And right when you say that. that I got a guy. I, yep. Yeah. Uh, my eyebrows go up or they go together. And I just worry about that because someone can have the right heart and in, in the right ideas in mind. But it's just not the person that you need to to help you through some of the big finances and decisions you have to make that affects not just your life, but your whole family. And the direction you should really go in the consultation, that is, with professionals who specialize in certain areas. Yes. 
wonderful people. Don't get me wrong, wonderful people. Um, but you really don't want to to have your real estate lawyer or a divorce lawyer or a personal injury or criminal lawyer uh, that don't specialize in planning uh, because tax laws are consistently changing every day. Every uh, laws are always changing, and so you want someone that's all over it, that's on top of it, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, I don't even know how they can keep up with it because if, if, if you and I say, oh, didn't know that, I mean, they have to do this constantly, and, and your best interests will be watched out for. But um, there's also a concern, I think, of cost. You know, I think people say, well, you hear the term legal lawyer professional um, that has a dollar tag next to it, too. Yeah, so I've I've met the families and and they'll say, well, every time you call the you know the attorney, the meter starts running, and I understand that. But um, you know the old saying, a penny wise and a pound foolish. Uh, you want to surround again yourself with qualified professionals, and you know the old saying too is pay now or pay later. Uh, unfortunately, when you pay later, you're you're spending thousands in taxes, and you, you want to do it right the first time. Uh, Usually the second time around is, is less, uh, less kind to you. You know, I think one of the most time-consuming things when we do taxes or anything to this nature of the topic we're speaking of here today is really the time consumption of gathering documents and putting it together. That can be intimidating. It can. Um, we've got some checklists and, um, and different outlines that can help you uh, Put some of those concepts together and what papers you'll need to help you through the process. What are those papers? What do I need? And what are what are what are the key documents I should be queuing in on right now? Well, it's funny you say that when you say right now. Uh, after my dad died, um, our accountant and, and the attorney involved looked at me and said, "Do you have your estate set up?" And I, at first, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, are we talking about dad here?" And they said, "Yes," but now. This puts you in the driver's seat, and so you need to protect it. So here I'm a critic uh, telling everybody they should do it, and I'm one of the biggest faults. So um, I get it. Uh, but when you look at the different papers that you're going to want to zone in on, you're going to want, you know, is there a will or is there a trust? Is there insurance policies? You know, is there last credit card statements, investment accounts, whether it's pensions or mutual funds, 401s? Uh, you know, most people get, you know, it's on the computer, but maybe you have the paper trail of your savings account or your checking accounts. Maybe you got CDs or money markets, uh, your mortgage statement and tax returns. I hope everybody keeps all their paperwork, you know, in a nice uh, file at home and so they can get it. Sometimes you'll even need your marriage or birth certificates and then up-to-date credit reports sometimes are possible as well. You know, you raise a really, really good point there in terms of, keeping your your paperwork in a file or together i think because we live in such a digital era now it's so easy to just blow that off and say well i've got it on this pdf here or there but getting to those isn't necessarily easy if you're not able to if you know what i mean so i do think uh, hard copies have a lot of value here and and in this instance of this list that you just just knocked off um having a file cabinet's a good idea isn't it and I, I, I keep in mind, too, that I'm no different than everyone else. In, in my household, I'm so blessed to have my wife, Carla. You know, she takes care of the bills and the finances because I'm at work and she's got the time. And so she oversees that. And we see that a lot here. Uh, we see families that come in and let's say they've been married for 20 years or 50 years. 
and the spouse will look over and they'll just say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Who do I contact? I just have no idea because, because John took care of all that and I just have no clue. And it's a blessing. Absolutely, it's a blessing, but it creates a void at the time. So I guess maybe even one suggestion would be is just keep your foot in the, uh, the pool a little bit so you know what's going on so that when the time comes, you're not searching frantically for papers you know nothing about. Uh, you can you know, easily know where they're at, uh, whether they're in a safety deposit lockbox or whether in the file folder in the basement. Uh, you, you just need to know where things are at. And, and the other part is the important companies and, and uh, who to notify. Yeah, absolutely. That's sage advice, by the way. You don't need to take over the role, but at least, at least should be advised of the role and what's happening with it. So uh, noted there. Uh, yeah, who does need to be contacted? You've got a, a list of uh, more institutions, I think, that you, you may need to contact. And is this in the instance where if you hadn't, uh, uh, if you did have someone that had been going at it for 50 years and you're like, okay, now what do I do? Is that what this list really pertains to? Yeah. Uh, so... To the funeral home, um, we notify Social Security. We'll notify the VA. Uh, we can notify certain, you know, larger uh, companies like that. Uh, but what it's going to come down to, and because the laws have changed with HIPAA, um, and they're more sensitive about confidentiality, I can't be calling around and asking for information. So a lot of it does need to come from the family, uh, the next of, of kin, if you will. Um, like I mentioned, we notify Social Security, but to find out what the death benefits are, to find out if the next check is going to be able to clear, if we have to give it back, that needs to be a family discussion. Uh, the employer, uh, I can't call their human resource department and ask for questions, but you know, the, the wife or the spouse or the... Uh, sibling can. The and next that, of kin, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you've got the insurance companies. Again, we can't do these, but you can find out what the death benefits are. And that, you know what? That's private information. I don't want to know it. Uh, and so credit bureaus, credit card companies, the post office, utility companies, and creditors. Those are all things that are going to have to come on behalf of the family. And dealing with creditors, obviously we're talking about transferring accounts to you now. Um, maybe canceling memberships and subscriptions. Uh, there's lots of things that, that you need to, again, this kind of falls back into, it's really a good idea to know what subscribe to and what memberships exist as well so you can cancel, continue, or do, do whatever you need to do with those. I call them secondary losses. Um, you know, if, if that John took care of shoveling the driveway, who does that now? Um, John took care of the phone bill. Uh, we had Verizon, and so he always took care of that. Or the subscription to this or that. Um, cable companies, those are what I would call secondary losses. And the idea that they're not a big priority. Let's face it, that you know, if the credit card company doesn't know the first month, uh, that's not a big deal because we're trying to celebrate a life. We're trying to work through that grief. But these are the secondary losses that uh, cause more... I would say tension or just some irritability when they're trying to send you a bill um, and you just haven't switched it out. So uh, you're going to want to switch the different things like power, electricity, water bills. Uh, maybe it's cable. Maybe it's the phone bill. Just in your name so then you can make changes. When you're doing that, does that bring, that must be kind of difficult, I would think. You know, that fits into the category of something you really don't want to have to do, but you have to do. It's part of a finalization type of thing. I mean, and that goes into our self-care podcast in February. But, I mean, that's, for some, that must be kind of tough, I'd imagine. 
Oh, it's it's re-identifying to the new person. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Uh, the other thing we'll say is, you know, that's one thing to get the cable bill switched. It's quite another thing to say I'm selling the house because I can't stand to live there. Um, those are huge decisions. And what I'm just going to suggest to anybody, and we do, is let the dust settle. Don't make any huge financial decisions soon after someone dies. Emotionally, it may sound like it's the right thing to do, but I guarantee you, you will be a different person three months, six months, a year out. Question on the house. Um you know, that's obviously a huge financial decision. You're saying refrain from anything and give yourself some time. I'm sure people would say the memories are too, uh, too vivid, too hurtful. I, I, I got to get out of here. Then do you find if that happens, you move the house, you go somewhere else, and uh, now you wish you had the house back? Does that yep. ever happen? Well, sure. And there's, so there again, we talk about regret and shame and those different things because we're so sensitive after a loss. All of our senses are just heightened, but yeah, there's going to be regret if you make some big decisions. And for example, just taking out the clothes. Some people say, I want, I don't want to see any clothes that resembles Dolores or, or Tom's clothes. And so they get rid of them all. And then later on, they're like, I just wish I could have a sweatshirt back. So yeah, again, let the dust settle. Don't make any big decisions when you're grief stricken. Anything else you want to add to this? The financial part of it's a big deal, as we know, and there's a lot of steps that have to occur to it. And these are some really good points, I feel. And, you know, basically surround yourself with, with people you trust and uh, consult the right people, select professionals that can help you with your estates. It was interesting when you said, now my estate, uh, those types of things as well. Uh, anything else to add? Now, just take a deep breath, slow it down. There's nothing to rush anything. Put good people around you to help me make good decisions, whether it's your kids or people you trust. Um, tax day's coming up. Uh, we all know that. And uh, a lot of people ask, too, is, you know, is a funeral a write-off? Unfortunately, it's not. But um, there are other things, and that's what professionals can help you with. Great stuff. Mike O'Connell, thanks for joining us. O'ConnellFuneralHomes.com. Two locations in Hudson and Baldwin. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast coming up in April. Yep. All right. Spring is here. That's going to do it. Have yourself a great week. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. Good grief. So long, everybody.